Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. start by thanking my sponsor of today's podcast, Zulily. I'll talk a little bit more about it in the middle of the podcast, but Zulily is the place that I find the most amazing deals on my favorite products. They've also given me an amazing code for 15% off of orders of $45 or more with the code Mallory073. So thank you so much to Zulily for sponsoring this podcast. So I'm so excited to have my friend Courtney Shields on the podcast today. Hi. Hi, ma'am. I'm so excited to be here as well. This is my first ever time being a guest on someone's podcast. Okay, but it's not because you have not been asked to be on podcasts. It's because it is not. Selective, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Selective in my tight circle, selective in who I decide to be on podcasts with, et cetera. But it is a true honor to be here because, of course, you are the best. And I would love to have you pop my cherry, so to speak. You are so sweet. And, you know, speaking of selectivity... I see you being very selective in your life, what you choose to let in, in terms of negative comments from people, (laughs) ex-husbands, opportunities, you, Courtney. Okay, guys, to preface this, I've been following Courtney for basically as long as I had Instagram and Courtney is an OG in this space. And let me tell you, if you are a person <laughs> like, yeah, but like, huh, how do I do it? Like, I just feel like it's not taken off. Or it's this or it's that. You have stayed the course and man is a wildfire burning in your brand right now. And I, I think it's because of you and you're special and you are a go-getter and all of those things, but you have been very selective in what you've chosen to do, how you show up online. I ain't doing no filters. I, I'm not doing this. I, I just love it. I, I regret that sometimes late at night when I really wish I had the filter, but but, <laughs> but ultimately I think it's a good thing. I kind of always on the course to be the, you know, truest version of myself. And for me, that was one of those things. I think things like filters, at least the ones that like fully change your face. Sometimes for me, that can even perpetuate a more negative self-image because you look at the one of your face, your nose is snatched, your lips are bigger. And you're like, I want to look like her, but that's not actually your face. And then you X out of it and you're like, want, want, want. Like it's a little disappointing. <laughs> you look in the mirror and you're like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just, it's false. It's, it's a false, it's not like a false perception in your head. It's an actual false, like visual of your face that you're seeing. And it's unattainable, basically. It's unattainable. And like visions and how you see yourself, how you speak to yourself, all of those things are powerful. And you talk about those all the time. So We're going to get to that, you know, motivation. Now we're starting everything from a, every kind of brand that you can start. Mm -hmm. But I want to start at the beginning too, because I also, I watched you five years ago when you are, you're living in Texas, you are a blogger, just kind of like all of us are, you're sharing outfits and stuff. You're sharing Trader Joe's hauls. It was much smaller than it is now. You always stayed true to yourself, but I want you to take us through the evolution of Courtney Shields at least the Courtney Shields that we see online. 
So this is an interesting question. And I think it's actually a very great question. A lot of people say as you evolve and as you like, quote, get bigger, as you grow and as things change, as we all should as humans, I think that sometimes people have a tendency to be like, oh, you changed. And the reality of the matter is, well, what if I'm just being more myself now than I was? What if it's changing for the better? What if it's because I lost my dad and I got a divorce and I actually lived some life here that I hadn't lived at the time. I had a really sort of like easy, happy upbringing. If we're being honest, I had a super loving family. Like there weren't any of these like huge issues. And then I think, unfortunately, when life happens and some shitty things happen, they, if, if you treat those things correctly, I think they can build character. And I think that you can really gain a perspective of gratitude and positivity and a love of life. And I think that if you do that right, you should evolve and change. And by the way, if you're not changing, if it's been 10 years and you haven't changed, maybe you're the one that needs to look in the mirror. Yes. And, you know, in the last couple of years, you've made some tough decisions as you've evolved and you're growing and you're doing all of this. So here you are at this crossroads in your marriage. And I know that like you, like me, keep some personal details personal about certain things. I think that's healthy. It's, it's healthy and we are entitled to that. <laughs> you are at this place where you are just starting to really pick up momentum. You've stayed the course. You're like, I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to just keep on keeping on. And then all of a sudden things start to happen in your life. You start to get bigger. You start to get more eyes on you. You start to, like you said, become more of who you authentically are online. And then things in your personal life kind of start to be an issue or, or change. You're, you're not in a healthy relationship from what you've shared online at this point in time. And you made a really hard decision as a public person. Take us through that too, because I think some people, when something like that happens, it's like, well, I can't show up online anymore because all these people knew him and he was in the background of everything. And now what do I do? But you have handled it with, with grace to at a 10. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate that. So spoiler alert, if you don't follow me, I got divorced about a year ago and I had all the same thoughts that you said. I had all the same fears. I had all of the, well, people like Alex and people don't know the behind the scenes of our relationship. And mind you, I hadn't been showing him for the past probably year at this point, because for me, I can't, I'm no longer at a place. I've already lost my dad at this point. And I'm no longer at a place where I can even show up as anyone else. I can only, I only know how to be myself. And so I couldn't fake having him on in the background. So people were actually asking me a lot, where's Alex? What happened? What happened? And I think like, oh my gosh, it's brutal because it's kind of like, you know, or people would say, I don't, I hate it. This is too personal, but, and it's kind of like, whenever you have to preface your question by, I don't want to offend you, but, or I know this might be too personal, but it's probably too personal. It's probably offensive. And I'm sure you experience, you're smiling. I'm sure you've experienced that too, but it's like, you know, I felt all the same feelings and I never in my life before. And again, I'm an inherently pretty positive person. And that's how I was raised. And my mom was very much that way. She's very graceful. And she is very graceful and positive. And I think I see life with a silver lining yeah. or I see kind of try to find the silver lining in life in all situations. And I did through this as well. But at the time I never really experienced anxiety or anything like that. And I would wake up with just my heart beating out of my chest. I would just wake up every morning with my heart pounding so fast before sharing, just thinking like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. Are people going to look at me the same? Am I going to be judged by people? Like, how am I going to go share to 
I don't know at the time, maybe it was like seven, I think it was around 700,000 people that I am walking through a divorce. So it's not only having to do this in real life, which is brutal enough, but now I have to go tell everybody that I'm doing this. And yeah, it was, I can think of many experiences that I prefer than this one. It was pretty hard. Yeah, um, that's tough. And it, it, the, the great thing is that we can control our own narratives for the most part. You know, celebrities, they have to do the same thing. They're going through a divorce, but then it's splashed on the tabloids, like the incorrect truth of it. At least we, as normal people who let you into our normal lives, we can control the story, but it's still like really hard because your version of it may be different than his version of it. And so I was actually very aware of that. And I decided I kind of had this light bulb moment where I went to him and because it was fairly neutral. And so I went to him and I said, Hey, you have been a part of sort of the experience here. And I have shared you, I'm happy to offer you like the same sort of voice, I guess. Would you be down to do this with me? Would you be down to sit down with me and just share like that we're going our separate ways? And he said that he would. And I was thankful for that at the time, because I actually remember starting those Instagram stories. I set the camera up I just like took a deep breath. And I remember sitting there thinking, and I think I actually like audibly said, like, I don't want to do this. Like, that's how I felt in my head. I was just like, holy crap, like, I don't want to do this. And it was more this realization of not like, I don't want to share this, but it was like, I don't want to be dealing with this period. I don't want to have to go through a divorce in my public life, in my personal life. I don't want to have to share that publicly. I just don't want to do this. And I remember actually thinking like, God, I just remember thinking I had to share. I shared so much about my dad's passing and all that. And I'm sure we'll get into that, but I, I really shared so much about that. And I remember thinking that God was like using me as a kind of like way to help people who are maybe going through something similar. And I felt sometimes like, you know, the poster child for grief and how to deal with this. And I would get questions all the time. And I just thought, and I sat there and I thought like, I already was the poster child for grief. Like, do I have to be the poster child for divorce too? And I just had a moment that was kind of like a, why me? really like do we have to do this again and god god gets us into into murky water sometimes like as public people and i think if we choose to be authentic and share those things i'm sure you like like me when i share something the messages that you get are like i had no idea oh my gosh thank you oh my oh my gosh it was it was so much overwhelming kindness. And I got so many touching messages from women all over the world, all different ages, either saying they had experienced that they've already been through it, or they're walking through that. Now they're considering doing that, or they were actually a child of divorce. And I had so many kind messages from people saying, you guys seem like you're going through the or like going about this in such a respectful way, which your kid will, your child will really appreciate. Kinsley will really appreciate that one day because my parents did that for me. And now they're both in happy marriages and I respect them so much. And I grew up in two homes and it was a positive experience for me. Or I had people say, you know what? My parents actually stayed together and the relationship was very toxic. And I wish they would have handled it the way that you did. And so I was overwhelmingly positive, but it was still really hard to share in the moment. And I only had that minute of like feeling bad for myself for a minute. And then it was kind of like, okay, pick yourself up. Like you got this, where's the silver lining here. You get to have a fresh start. So to kind of wrap the relationship section, what are the, what were the deal break? Like the, what are in general, the deal breakers? Like when someone starts to feel something that's negative consistently, and they're so unhappy and it's permeating every single 
area of their life. Of course, we don't want to encourage divorce. I never want to get a divorce. Nobody wants to get a divorce. But if you're a person that's just dating someone, or if you are in a marriage or something, and you've been miserable for for five years, what are the things that you think are like, okay, cannot live my life like this? Like, are they red flags that are you see over and over? Is it just a feeling that you have every day? Is it like, like, what is that? Well, first of all, I'm really happy that you don't know that because that, that means you guys are thriving and you guys are really healthy, which I think is great. And well, I, well, we came a long way, Courtney. Un, look, un, unfortunately, it is one of those things where I think a lot of people do experience things like I've been through. And disclaimer, again, like I am not telling anyone to get divorced. I would never wish that upon anyone. I would never encourage anyone to do that. But, but if you have genuinely tried everything you can and you are miserable, then sometimes this is a better option than living your life really unhappy and in a very unhealthy way. And that was the case for me, but that's just me personally. I am obviously not a therapist. I can only speak to my experiences, but for me, that looked like going through therapy, like talking to multiple therapists, doing everything I felt like I could do to try to make it work. And when I felt like everything, like nothing was working, nothing was making it better. And therapy did help. I did learn a lot about him. I learned a lot about me. I just learned that we were never going to work together. And so for me, there were actually always the red flags. I think a lot of it is about knowing your value and knowing your worth and knowing how you deserve to be treated. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not someone who is going to like stand by and not be treated in a way that I think I deserve. And so that's really what it boiled down to for me. And then it was all about onward and upward, but I had a very sobering moment of sitting there and thinking like, like, I can't remember if it's like 31 or 32, but I remember sitting there like, I'm 31. Is this, and I was miserable. Is this the best it's ever going to get for me? And when I looked at myself in the mirror, I said, like, are you happy? I said, no. And the thing is the crazy is that I was happy in every other aspect of my life. Yeah. yeah. I was so in love with Kinsley. She's the greatest. And how old was Kinsley when this happened? Just under three, I think my friendships and relationships and things like of that nature were thriving. And then work was thriving. And I just remember not like this was the one area where I was really unhappy. And it's also hard to be happy in all those genuinely happy in all those other areas if this one thing isn't good. So when I felt like always in your house. Yes. And I, yes. And I also just think like, I'm not going to go into detail. I've said this from the beginning, as far as like, he is the father of my child. And so I try to be respectful of the situation and of her primarily and of our relationship as we co-parent, because we are doing a good job of co-parenting like kindly and productively, which I think is cool. So yay for that. But really it just comes down to feeling undervalued and underappreciated and, and knowing my worth and knowing that the right person for me would see all those things that felt unseen for me and would be with me and by my side through harder life experiences. I wouldn't feel like I was going through those things alone. So that's really what it came down to for me. Now we're going to kind of go into, because you, you talk about, you make those hard choices and you choose, you know, the life that, that you want to choose. And now I feel like you are like the, you are really truly like living fully. That's what this podcast is all about. And the things that you share on social media are very much aligned with all of the things that I believe make up a really full life. And one of those huge things is positive self-talk, positive self-view. It's really, really important. And so many people walk around their whole entire lives with all of these negative voices in their head and this constant negative self-talk. 
And you talk a lot about, you know, like you just said a while ago, you're a pro at finding the silver lining. Your mom was always very positive. You are very positive. I want you to take us through that because I was watching a highlight um, of yours one day and it was like how to have a good day, not just how to have a good day with all the things either not happening to you or happening to you in your life, but how to make a, a good day, how to create a good day, because you can do that. Like people don't realize, like you have control over the days in your life. To yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. I want you to talk about how you find the silver lining and everything, especially going through things that you've gone through publicly and how you just from day to day, create a good day, create a good atmosphere, create a good vibe. I think that you have to know the things that make you happy and that center you. So for me, some of those things include like nourishing my body in a good way. And Hey, sometimes that may mean like a smoothie. And sometimes that may mean fries and honey, like whatever, kind of like listening to yourself and your body. And you know what I mean? Just having those, those things and then moving my body in some way or getting outside and being in nature at the beginning of everything that's gone down in the past year, not only personally, but just in the world in the state of you know, like health that really that the world is in being outside in nature was huge for me. I would go on walks. I would listen to podcasts or book on tape or music, or really try to get in a good mental headspace. And that also looked like surrounding myself with people who have my best interests at heart and I theirs and just having, but more than anything, viewing life in a certain way. And for me, that looked like finding the silver lining. And how do you do that? Well, I think if you think getting in a fender bender, so I was in my car one day and I got in a little fender bender, someone hit me. And I was on the way to the grocery store and I got out of my car and I thought, okay, I can handle the situation two ways. I can sit there and I can think, oh, I just got in a fender bender. I have so many things to do today. This is terrible. Like poor me or because nobody wants to get in a fender bender. Like it's a hassle. I've got to go now call the dealership and deal with this random person and their insurance. Or I can think, okay, I just got in a fender bender. I've got a lot of things to do today. That's okay. I'm completely healthy. They're completely healthy. I have a car. Hey, that's pretty cool. Not everybody has a car. Not everybody has the ability to be late for something they're excited to go do. Like not everybody has a car to drive. Not everybody has the finances to pay for a fender bender. Not, you know, and it was this sort of moment of like, you can choose either path here. You can choose to say, poor me, this is so terrible. Or you can choose to have perspective and say, at the end of the day, this is really not a big deal. And I can say that because I actually have been through some real life shit. I think I've always held this perspective, but after going through some heavier things, it's not from a place of being naive now. It's from a place of knowing that life is short and life is fragile and we should appreciate it as we go. So you guys have heard Courtney and I talking a lot about mom life. So I want to talk about a couple of my mom hacks. I have had newborns and I have a toddler now, two toddlers, I guess. Shepard would qualify for one as well. And a couple of my mom hacks are, I really love the trays where you can put snacks on your strollers. We have an up a baby stroller and I really love that one. It keeps them in their stroller for longer. And sometimes you can get healthy food in them that way, which we just really love to do. So another thing is if you have a toddler that's not listening to you, if you give them two options. So if they're saying, no, I don't want to sit at my table and eat dinner, you say, would you like to skip 
to the table for dinner or would you like me to carry you to the table for dinner? So these are a couple mom hacks that I really love. And another mom hack is Zulily. You can find the most amazing deals on products that every new mom needs on Zulily. They have a great savvy app and website. And the more you shop, the more they're going to see the things that you like. I have done everything from organize my refrigerator with those amazing acrylic organizers to buying gifts for people from clothing to items that they'll need for their babies like wipes and diapers from Zulily. And they have new products every day on the site. So there's always a reason to check the app if you want to look even every morning. There's going to be new stuff on there. You only pay for shipping on your first order of the day. So every other order that day ships for free. If you shop on Friday or Saturday, you get free shipping all weekend long. And the deals are also all backed by their best price promise. So if you find a better price on, say, walmart.com or amazon.com, they will literally match it or beat it. They have amazing prices on brands and products that we love and shop for, like Melissa and Doug, which half the toys in our playroom are Melissa and Doug, Martha Stewart Home, Carter's, Levi's, Adidas, so many more brands that we love, and I know you guys will too. So you can join their site for free. I have a code for 15% off of all orders that are over $45. So the code is Mallory073. You'll use that at checkout. And I'll include that in the show notes as well, which is a really great deal on already amazing deals. So if you're a new mom, if you're wanting to shop one of the Welcome Baby events or any of the other events, they have everything. Now is your time while you can get this amazing deal for 15% off with Mallory073 at checkout. So thank you so much to Zulily for sponsoring this podcast and just for being such an amazing hack for new moms. Life is short. That's another big thing that I think can really put the perspective of you better get a handle on your life and you better get a handle on how you talk to yourself and a vision of what you want your life to go in. This year, you decided, like we, we talked about at the beginning, like ditching Instagram story filters. Like what, what made you decide to do that? Because that's a scary thing for a lot of people. We like to see ourselves looking the best. Like, of course, you know, we like to show up as, as our best. But like we just said, you know, that's perpetuating <clears throat> that thing that we were just talking about. That all it's about the outside thing. You know, I, can't I think it's my real face. Like, yeah, it was an honest conversation with myself, really. I think it was a moment where I thought, you know, my job isn't to show up here to, to show everybody how pretty I am. That's not my job. My job is not to show up and make everybody say, oh, wow. My job is to help you feel less alone. My job is to provide like tangible tips for your life, whether it's like your beauty routine or, you know, showing you a great like style deal or helping you be more positive or, you know, maybe being a place you can land um, after a long day. Those are my roles. My role is not to look the prettiest to impress everybody. And I think that's kind of a humbling thing, but it was like, well, why am I doing this? It's like, yeah, so I can look the best. And, and who cares? Nobody needs me to show up looking like this perfect thing every day because that's actually not relatable. Well, you know, what's funny is I'm always like, you should go look at Gigi Hadid. If you wanted to see somebody that looks like perfect in the face, she's a model. That's her job. Or if you want to see somebody that looks perfect in a swimsuit, there are other people. Don't come, don't follow me for that. Like it's lifestyle. It's like, I'm a normal person living a normal life. And I like it that you did that. And I think a lot of, a lot of people have followed suit. I've never really been a filter girl. 
So I, I love that, that you do that. Yeah. I think um, the, you know, the grainy ones for aesthetic are fun from time yeah. to time. I know we love a good aesthetic, but the ones that fully really change your face, it's hard to then click, like we said, out of the X and you're like, Ooh, well, like that, that's what we're really working with. And you don't want to feel that way about yourself, even on a good day, you know, like you shouldn't feel that way. So I think it perpetuates a weird self-image that we just don't need. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So speaking of self-image, because you and I actually have something in common about our past. So I've been a singer my whole life. Also, I always wanted to sing country music. Thought that that's what I would do. I came back and forth to Nashville. You too went to Berkeley School of Music. You singing and music was a huge thing for you. So then it's like life takes you in a different direction as it did for you and as it did for me in this similar space. And what I really admire in you, Courtney, is you didn't feel like, oh, well, it's weird for me to sing now because I'm like a blogger and people are used to seeing me show up as this. You still own something that you're really passionate about. And I think, and I actually wrote some of, about it in my book, that when people lose their passions because they feel like they don't fit anymore, it's a really, really big loss, a lot bigger than just, oh, I don't sing that much anymore. And I think it's really cool how you have been able to successfully, like on the charts and stuff, release songs. And here you are like, you're like you and I, you're a blogger and a, and a everything else, social media person. Now I'm getting ready to be a podcaster and a business owner and all these other things. But what, what was your self-talk in those moments? Did you ever have that? Like, Oh, I don't really do this anymore. Or were you of like, course, oh, no, I definitely had those moments internally. And I had, again, it goes back to the, I think really this year, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I think this year, the past six months, is truly when I have actually adopted the I don't give enough what other people think mentality. I think for a long time, I wanted to not care, but I did. And it wasn't until recently that it was kind of like, I genuinely, and I care what the people in my life that I love think, and I care what kind of people think. And even people on the internet who follow along, I feel like I'm friends with all those people. And it's so much fun to have those interactions. And when people come from a good place, I care what they think. But if someone is going to come from an unkind place or a place where, you know, like they're going through something and they just want to like troll you for lack of a better word, I don't care what they think. Mm -hmm. That's just like point blank. But I, but I had those times when I thought, okay, well, this is one more thing I'm going to be vulnerable about. And so of course people could tear me apart for this too, if they want to like anything. And so it's hard to show up. And unfortunately it's like, you get, you can have hundreds and thousands of messages saying, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I didn't know you could do X, Y, Z. And then you can have one person that's like, oh, you think you can sing? And you, okay. you know, and of course that's sometimes what sticks out in our mind. But over time of doing this, I think you grow with thicker skin and you do, like you said, you follow your passions and you do what makes you happy. And you kind of say like, F that, like if, you know, yeah. hey, maybe you should find a hobby if that's how you feel. So you learn to like grow with thicker skin, but like I absolutely did have those doubt moments. And then I just, I guess, decided to like overcome them and conquer them instead. Yeah. Yeah. And thank goodness you did, because what you put out there, not only in terms of the music stuff, but just other stuff. Now you're experimenting in skincare lines. You're doing a fine jewelry line. Now you're doing a podcast. All of these things you hadn't done before. You didn't go to school for, but you're just like, okay, this is what I'm going to do next. And this is a really cool space and that you can literally do anything. But because of that, a lot of people get really locked into that. Well, but everybody else is just doing kind of like fashion and the same brands and stuff. I'll just stick to that. And people play it safe. You don't play it safe. No, <laughs> thank you, ma'am. And I, and I do feel the same about you also for what it's worth. Speaking of evolving, a lot of the things that you have to make it through to become that person are hard things. And like we talked about with your divorce, some of them are things that you have to navigate publicly. 
But man, can they help other people if you really go there and you really went there with the grief thing. So I want you to share a little bit about your story and what you walked through with your dad. It was this unexpected fast thing. You were pregnant. Like, I just can't even imagine. Your dad sounds a lot like my dad, like just this incredible man. I can't imagine what happened to you happening to me. And I just, I learned a lot from your grief post. And I think a lot of people did. A lot of people shared it, talked about it, still talk about it. So let's talk a little bit about that because maybe someone hasn't lost someone in their life, but they've lost something that felt really big. So I think grief applies to to everyone and grief can permeate like the rest of a life if you let it. Yeah. And I think too, I think the post was also helpful and I was really thankful that it was for people who wanted to be there for someone else who had been going through grief as well. The irony of all of it is I remember I was very pregnant and I'm walking with my mom and we used to do this walks every day. Cause I guess that's good when you're pregnant and we're sitting there walking and we're talking about things and we had heard someone else had gotten cancer. And it was this moment of us saying, it's actually crazy because cancer touches so many people. And we really don't know anyone that close that this is affected in like a detrimental way. And then it was a week and a half later when we found out and I'll never forget. I got the call. I was standing in my garage trying to organize something and because let's be honest, my garage is, is, and was is a hot mess, probably will forever be, but I was standing there and I got a call from my parents and I could tell right away when I answered the phone that something was wrong and that something was different. And I found out on that phone call that my dad had cancer. And I just remember kind of pausing. I think my parents were nervous to tell me because I was pregnant and they didn't want to like scare me or, and have something happen to Kinsley at the time, or just sort of like shake it up in a way that would be bad for me or her. And so I think they waited to tell me until they had had like one or two doctor's appointments, which I remember being like pretty pissed off about at the time, but it was, I didn't understand. I didn't know really at the time because my dad, which it sounds like your dad is as well, was this just wonderful firework of a person. He was so charismatic. And my dad, I guess in a word, he almost had, he had like the it factor. He had that thing where he could walk into a, a room and just command a room and he was actually only like 5'10 or 5'11, but people always thought he was like really tall because he just had this huge presence to him. And he was hilarious and he was brilliant. And he was just all of these things that I was so thankful that he was in my life for so long. But I think because of that and my image of him as kind of being this like superhero to me, I I was devastated and I was confused, but I also remember thinking like we're gonna beat this though, right? And I think it wasn't until later, you know, in the evolution of the next year that came, because I think all in all of the whole thing was really only about a year. There was just that point where I realized like, okay, we're, we're not going to beat this, are we? And that was a really hard moment. And I used to joke around my dad and I had a very like dark kind of like twisted sense of humor with each other. And he was joking around with me one day as I got in the pool at my parents' house. I think he made some comment about me being a whale. And I made some comment in back saying, oh, coming from the cancer patient. And we kind of had this like, just little like dark uh, dynamic, but we always understood each other on a very deep level. And for many, many years, I mean, for his whole life, he was my person. And I think it's hard. It's easy to feel super alone in those moments, because when you feel like this is the person that understands you more than kind of anybody to lose that person is lonely. Yeah. But I used to joke around with, I used to tell him that he didn't do anything half-assed. He was like intense and vibrant and like fast. And why would his cancer be any different? Mm -hmm. 
So he wasn't going to have some like average slow, like he was going to go out with the bang. Yeah, that's the truth. And what, how you just described your dad would be how I describe you too, from a distance. Thank you. It's cool because I, I read in your grief post too, about how, you know, your daughter won't know your dad, like you knew your dad, because she was so young when he passed away, but she'll see him through you and exactly how you described him is how I would describe you. Well, so thank that's you. That's cool like, thing. and like, if grief had stopped you in your tracks and you were like, I can't think about it. I can't move forward in my life. Like I'm not going to, it, grief can just put an, a shell around people. I mean, we kind of walked through something in our family and it, in a different way, but my sister lost her, her a baby after she carried, carried him for 40 weeks and had him and he lived for like 34 days. And we were, I can't even imagine in that, like, it's going to be fine. Like we're, we're faith filled people. Like we are praying so hard. We got everybody across this country praying. And it's like that moment when it hits you that it's not that you start grieving the person because you grieve like that, that hope. But I love the example that you are and moving forward from it. And you say in the post too, like grief looks different from everyone. You shouldn't judge other people's grief from the outside saying somebody moved forward too fast, or how can you already be happy? Or you said some days I was elated and smiling and genuinely. And some days I was, yeah, broken. And for me, I think the situation taught me so much and it taught me to really appreciate life. And actually, strangely enough, I heard after that so many times people telling me how their dad didn't never showed up for them or, and I just started to become really grateful for the fact that I had a great dad for 30 years. Cause I started to learn that was a lot more than most people got. And I started to, to have that perspective and to be grateful in that way. And I will say since then, my dad has still like moved in my life in many ways. And that has been pretty cool to see, but talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a, I wrote a whole chapter in my book also about signs. I've seen signs since I was a child and I don't see a lot of people talking about them online in our space other than you. And I talk about them too, but people can think you're like kind of wacko. Oh, for sure. Whenever you start talking about whenever like the ghosts in your house, there was a ghost. Let the record show there there was a ghost. But like anytime (laughs) I'm needing direction of where to move or is this right? Or is this going to work out? I ask for a sign and I'll ask for something specific and I'll get it. And it's such a powerful thing from above. And I love how you also look for signs, ask for signs. So share with me some of the signs that you've seen in your life that have been just like a, Oh, you're here. (laughs) So you're going to love this story. So rewind to the day my dad was for lack of a like less cross way to say this, my dad was dying at our house basically because he wanted to be home. And then because of the connection that him and I had, I knew when he couldn't talk at the end, I don't know the people that are listening, how many people have experienced on this degree, um, maybe some, maybe not with, with watching people pass from cancer, but the kind of cancer that my dad had colon cancer his body completely shut down and his mind was still super sharp. But eventually as your body shuts down, you can't talk because you can't eat and your body just completely deteriorates. So at the end, couldn't talk or eat or do anything, which is obviously a very brutal way to see the person that's your hero. But I remember knowing that he needed to go into hospice like the last day. And so the ambulance comes to get him and they wheel him out and it's a beautiful sunny day. And then all of a sudden it starts raining on my dad as they're wheeling him out. And I just remember thinking, how beautiful that he got to feel that rain for the like last time. And I just remember thinking that was so cool. And then on the way to, sorry, (laughs) I'm sorry not to get emotional when I'm talking about this, but on the way to the hospital, 
I remember seeing this really big rainbow. And I knew in that moment that my dad was going to show up to me as a rainbow or in, in rainbows. And I continued just knowing that. And he did. And then on the day that we like scattered his ashes, my dad was very clear about how he did not want a funeral. He thought funerals were ridiculous and dying was part of life. And this is absurd that everyone would sit around and cry about something like he just, that was like him in a nutshell. And so he wanted his um, ashes to be scattered in his favorite river that he used to fish by our house in Vermont. And so he, we took the ashes there and we scattered them this one day. I, and I can send you the photo after this, but the most beautiful double rainbow I've ever seen in my whole life. Double rainbow, full arch to arch in the whole sky on that day. And since then, even on that same trip, it was again, a perfectly sunny day. There was no rain, no reason for a rainbow. And I'm laying there. I remember being mad. So I was home and Kinsley was napping and my rest of my family was out on a hike. And I'm like, these little shits left me behind. And I'm like here, just sitting outside. And I really was missing my dad. I'm thinking, I just wish I was like, my dad was here. He wouldn't have left me here by myself while everyone else went on a hike. And I'm laying down. I'm like, oh, I'll just go work out. And I lay down on this yoga mat. I look up at the sky and just between two clouds is this sliver of a rainbow. And there was no reason for it to be there. And that theme has really continued. The day I decided to get divorced, I look up again, massive rainbow in the sky. And it's always when I need it. And on the 4th of July, about my dad died about two and a half years ago. And, you know, on 4th of July, a woman came up to me who was a good like family friend. And she said, I know this is going to sound a little weird. I don't know if you believe in this stuff, but your dad shows up to me in rainbows. And she had no idea that I knew this or I thought this. And she said, your dad shows up to me in rainbows. And he wanted me to tell you that he can help you more from over here, but you have to ask. And it was just this moment of like feeling like he's still here. And that has really continued. And I actually found later, we were cleaning out my dad's office, a framed photo of a rainbow on his desk. And so that's like my tattoo. My jewelry line is going to be called Bow in Brooklyn. So my dad was from, was born and raised in Brooklyn. And then Bow is the second half of rainbow. So Bow in Brooklyn, but that theme really, really like has continued to show up for me and he's continued to show up for me in that way. And I know like to some people that's going to sound totally insane, but it just is also, it is total sense. It's just true. You know, you know, if you're a person that feels, we talked about this, I think it was off camera. Some people think because of your religion or because of the way that, that you believe like, this is the box that you have to be in. You might think like, well, in my religion, like we can't ask for signs or we can't do this or that. But asking God or someone that made an impact in your life to show up for you, that is such a faith-filled thing. Having faith that you'll see something that's an answer to, to, to what you need at the time. I think signs are such a powerful thing that people don't ask for a lot of times. I do too. And I think too, if you are someone who has faith or if you're Christian or whatever your faith may be like, we're, you're, we're taught to, to love everyone. And to love people who are different and to love people who look different than us and maybe make different choices than us. And I mean, Jesus loved prostitutes and was friends with prostitutes and like homeless people. And we're not called to judge people. And so often I find that I've really found this out lately. And I'm sure you've experienced this too. And someone sends a really, really mean, nasty message or something. You open it up and it says like Jesus love or mama for, and it's so disappointing. It is so disappointing to see and it's disheartening and it's not 
I would just encourage people, no matter what your faith is, if you have it or you don't have it or whatever, whatever religion you practice, just try to love people, like try to see the good in humanity. We're all humans. And the ace is part of a beautiful human experience and just try to treat people kindly because that's really what it comes down to. And I always like to think that at the end of the day, I want to conduct my life in a way where I'm remembered for like my Angela said, I'm remembered for how I made people feel, not what I did or what I said, but how I made people feel. And I always want to be someone that lifts other people up and encourages them and doesn't judge them because that's how I would love to be received by other people too. And I know that like in my life at 33 may look different than some people's. And I just hope that people can look at that with a little bit of grace. Yeah. Well, I hope that after this, if you guys don't know Courtney, you follow along and you see that every day, Courtney, you show up like that. And like me from afar, hearing about your dad and seeing you and knowing you for a long time now, I bet he is so proud, just smiling rainbows from up there. And that's a cool thing to know that someone that you love, that you love that deeply can see you all the time. That's something that we don't always have the luxury of having with people here on earth. So I'm glad that we got to talk about that today because those hard things, I think, made you who we have seen you show up as the last couple of years. And I'm, a, I'm very fascinated by your evolution in this space, your success. I mean, we haven't even hardly talked about that. Like, let's close this podcast talking about, so you did this big Tula collab. You're doing a, a jewelry line that's coming out. You have a podcast that's just come out. By the time people yes, listen ma'am. to this, and I'm going to link Courtney's podcast, and it's a really, really cool concept where you're talking to people that you may not hear on other podcasts. They're no name kind of people, everyday people that have done incredible things in their life. People who might seem basic, people who might seem basic, um, but actually they're pretty badass. So is there anything else that's like coming down the pipeline for you? Yeah. So super exciting. I don't know if I will have announced it or not by now, but I'm launching something this summer that is like a lifelong a lifelong dream of mine. I'm super proud of it. I'm really excited. I'll have to send you some stuff beauty related. So super, super excited. I can't wait because I loved the golden hour that you did with Tula. And I, I mean, I love everything that you do and everything that you show. So I can only imagine like you being in charge of something from the very beginning. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much, friend. It's been an honor to be here with you and hopefully you'll come on my podcast too. Uh, Yeah. Well, if I'm basic enough, I will be you're badass enough. <laughs> but thanks so much, Courtney, for sharing this today, for being vulnerable, for sharing things that maybe people don't see on Instagram. And I just really appreciate you taking the time and sharing this with us today and coming on. And yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. You're the best. Okay. So everybody, I will leave everything in the show notes, Courtney Shields. I will leave a link to her podcast and her jewelry line. And if we can, the beauty related <laughs> too. So thanks hint, to hint. everyone who uh, listened to this podcast today and tune in next Monday for more. Bye guys. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.